Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Alex Cox, a senior AV producer at Cards Against Humanity. I should say probably the senior AV producer at Cards Against Humanity, as well as a prolific podcaster. How's it going, Alex? Hello, it's all right. How about you? I'm I'm quite well. I slept last night for the first time in a week. I shouldn't say like first time, but I slept more than five hours for the first time in a week. That is quite a feat. And I'm not being sarcastic because that happens to me quite a lot. It hasn't happened to me for a long time. I've been really good at sleeping for a while now, which is why Overtired may be like so irregularly published these days. But that's the other podcast. I don't know if you've heard that one. Oh, totally. Do you track your sleep? Yeah, I do. I have charts. Do you find that it sort of correlates with your activity or the like seasons at all? Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what I what I found that is the weirdest to me? Yes, absolutely. Moon cycles. Oh, I mean, I, I never sleep on a full moon. Wow. Even I, if I don't know it's a full moon. That seems actually to like sort of check out from like folks well obviously because i'm a werewolf yeah i mean you know werewolves and the like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm actually a very light sleeper in the winter um because i have the like seasonal depression can go both ways and i'm actually the opposite uh i love 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 winter time and now as spring rolls around i'm like oh god and i i'm well i sleep like 6 hours 6 hours a night as opposed to my typical 4 which you know if uh it's okay for the president theoretically then i'm sure it's fine fine for me yeah i mean it's great for decision making <laughs> yeah i Clarity you know of mind uh, purity of essence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, it's tremendous, tremendous sleep. <laughs> um, um, you should try Iceland. Don't they have like yes month long nights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They if, do. If the shorter days are what what give you somehow serotonin, then yeah, it, it's more of a if I get. This is this is going to sound like super bonkers to people probably, but if I get too much sunlight, it sort of puts me into a manic state. Um, well, more of like a hypomanic state, uh, and it's just no fun. It, it, I remember, um, so, so I'm bipolar, and before I was properly diagnosed, um, most people are diagnosed with depression. And I got one of those like UV lights and it just like sent me into this crazy spiral of Dude. behavior because it was just so too much for my brain. I hadn't experienced SAD for a while. I'm bipolar as well. Um, and uh, I recently like this last winter, I got it pretty bad and I picked up one of the newer LED circadian lights. Oh, interesting. And I found like that thing was bizarrely effective. If I used it after like 9 a.m., I it would ruin my sleep that night. Uh, if I used it for too long, it would mess up my rhythms. Like I, mm-hmm. I had no idea how powerful they could be because I had I had had one of those great big uh, like uh, fluorescent bulb ones. Mm-hmm. It's like it looks like a small tanning station. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know that you have to sit and stare into it. These you yep. just can put on, you put on your desk. They don't even need to face you. Like mm-hmm, head mm-hmm. on and 
Yeah, they're powerful. But I get I get how you could have a very strong reaction to them. For sure. My my spouse is uh the my spouse is actually also bipolar, but they have the situation where the uh I actually now I'm going to get them an LED one. But if uh like they're working in the bedroom, I just can't be there because it it just emits too much and I'm like all right uh, time time to leave like it's more powerful than sunshine it's super interesting yeah great for growing plants as well yes <laughs> that's how I'm gonna repurpose mine during the uh the early winter sounds fantastic um yeah so so you are bipolar do you, do you suffer from any other I shouldn't I hate suffer do you are you diagnosed with any other illnesses on top of that? Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, the whole thing is it's interesting because when you're initially like diagnosed with something, uh, it's usually wrong the first time. Mm -hmm. And and also the names of things change a whole bunch. So uh, like I mentioned before sad sad 16 year olds oh yeah sure it's it's depression but um i was pretty high functioning to a point and then too high functioning and then i didn't sleep and had a manic episode and was like okay no this is bipolar one um but then there was this other thing where having when you have like minor psychotic episodes it's like well are you schizophrenic no you don't seem schizophrenic you seem schizoaffective and then on top of that uh there's anxiety (laughs) and uh obsessive compulsive tendencies or ocd and uh then what what else oh ptsd (laughs) because the first hospital i was in was not great so yeah it's a big old jumble of of uh messiness that is i i try to um talk about mental illness in a way that is sort of like hopefully normalizes it in the same way that i talk about how crappy my allergies are but also when you like list you go down this like long list it just sounds bonkers and also uh affective disorder is out of the dsm-5 which is the like i don't like to call it the big book of crazy because it seems insensitive but to me i always thought of it as like the big book of crazy in sort of like a comforting way of this big medical book tells you uh what might be how your brain might be different and ways to help your brain um but since that's gone technically like there's a piece of paper in an office saying i'm schizophrenic where as i don't have what normal people would think of as schizophrenia i guess and normal is a relative word that was a lot of that was a lot of mouth vomit i appreciate your frankness we we, (laughs) we talk about we talk about mental illness a lot on this show Oh. I know. I'm quite a fan. It's very weird being. It's super weird. It's very weird being here. Hi, so Brad. This, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Right. It is great to have you here. Um, despite this long list of yours, you seem to get a lot done. Yeah. Well, that's part of um, the 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 hypomania aspect of bipolar disorder. Uh, there's actually two different types of I I think you know this I'm pretty sure you have talked about this with your guests before about like bipolar one and bipolar two yeah um and I have bipolar one which is the 
I don't like to call it more extreme. You can argue both ways. Like bipolar 2 is what a lot of people associate with what was previously called manic depression. Um, Whereas bipolar 1, it's typically like there's months and months of depression followed by either a long uh, months and months of hypomania slash mania. And hypomania is also sort of the stereotypical you're up all night, you're working really hard. You don't sleep a lot. Uh, And then mania is kind of uh, what would be considered like full on psychotic episodes and um, like uh, delusional thoughts and stuff like that. And I'm lucky that I've only I've had fairly few of those because I was, you know, I grew up uh, white and privileged and had health insurance. So uh, we were able to sort of cut that off at the past. So I still have, you know, it's. This analogy is made a lot like uh, a lot of mental illnesses. It's like diabetes, like it goes away. But uh, with a lot of work and help, it can be managed. So I do. I get a lot done. um, And I don't like to romanticize the side of mental illness that makes it like, ah, a great art is made when you are being crazy. Like, that's that's not how it is. I've just tried to find a good balance between getting a lot of things done when I am up, I guess, and when I am down. So then I have, you know, some leeway and don't need to feel terrible about myself as well as just feeling terrible in general, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I should try something more like that. I just, I, when when I'm, when I'm, I, I'm type two hype, uh, like fat rapid cycle. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, for me, mania is like three days. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's not extreme. Uh, it it is like that's when I'm creative. That's when I work the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, like for the last I don't know eight years, I've been really really stable on the med schedules that I've been on. But mm-hmm. um, my doctor just prescribed Latuda for me, and I went really to familiar. fill it. Yeah, there's a lot of commercials. I I never gave it a second thought until she was. <laughs> pretty into it but i went to fill the prescription i'm paying 700 a month for my health insurance and my insurance after covering their part that 30-day prescription would have cost me 1200 dollars mm-hmm. yeah that is a lot of money it it is just uh i i try to shy away from words like crazy or insane but it's very hard uh i like the bird the words uh bonkers or wacky but uh but this is i i I will not swear but it is absolutely terribly freaking bonkers that that is how much a prescription is and with my like long you know if if uh if people Remember the things I listed off before? Then my list of medications is about twice as long. Um, and it, it's very, very scary because I can't um, imagine a world in which I don't have health insurance. And especially as I was uh, getting out of school, I I went to film school and fully expected to be uh continued to be a freelancer like I was in college like I did that on the side and went to school full-time um and had some like small jobs lined up and at the and also at the time uh I could still be on my parents health insurance and I was until I was 26 so I've been off it for a year and luckily um Cards Against Humanity offered me a job 
right out of school, and I just got very, very lucky. And then I have health insurance, and my spouse has health insurance, uh, and we, I think, would be in a very, very different situation if that was not the case. How did I think, that? I know. <laughs> how, how did that cards job offer happen? Did you know them previously? Well, it, yes and no. Um, my former boss, Trin Garitano, who's now a freelance writer and just a brilliant person in the game and now book industry, was uh, working at Cards. And I had actually tweeted something like, hey, does anybody know some cool queer game creators in Chicago? And only one person got back to me. He's like, hey, you should, do you know Trin Garitano? She's great. And she works at Cards Against Humanity. And I was actually a very big fan of the game. Um, I had the, I was a poor college student, but I had like the uh, free print and play version that we still have out. And uh, she reached out and it was actually because I was doing research for um, this queer uh, game documentary because in film school, I always wanted to make weird, like, experimental stuff. So she just invited me to a playtest game night. And then um, that was actually the first year that they started. It was their first internship program. And I was graduating. And I sent her an email. And I'm like, I will be, I you know, I, I will do just as much grunt work. I am, I'm awful. I will, like, don't worry. I will have no ego here's my application, which normally I advise people never to do that. If you are not like, <laughs> if, if your qualifications are like, we are looking for a person in college and you are going to be not in college. Um, I, it was, uh, it, it was, I, I was kind of flipped a coin and was like, all right, I'll go for it. Um, and then actually the day of my graduation party, I got an email saying, how about you come in for an interview for a full-time job? Um, And then I got a full-time job. And four years later, here I am. I I, I would say that's super lucky, but I feel like my entire career has been luck like that. It absolutely. Um, And, but the, the thing I try to remember about stuff is that uh there there were a lot of things in place where i know that i would have probably gotten here anyway just because thinking about your work and following your career for so long like at tua is it called tua the yeah we, we all say tua it's like <laughs> tua. Uh, like in the military like hoorah tua <laughs> <laughs> and and like envy alts and and stuff like that is you know, just that like slow climb to all the amazing stuff you do and like all the creative stuff and the art. It's just like you, you're amazing and you worked really hard. And hopefully, maybe I put in place some of the stepping stones to meet interesting people in Chicago. However, getting a like jobby job, that's like a role. That's a coincidence. Like (laughs) it was definitely right place, right time. Yeah. Well, and also it sounds like uh, I assume I, I, I don't mean to pry, but I assume you get benefits at cards. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry that we get which, full full health insurance, which, which sounds like a great situation for you. Oh, yes, definitely. For someone with your particular. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. For sure. In fact, um the when I started, I don't know if we had health insurance, but like we were we would be reimbursed if we um 
it, if if uh, like everybody had health insurance independently, and then everybody they would uh, just reimburse us. Um, but again, I was still on my parents' plan. But then it worked out so that once we had like official company health insurance, I um, was able to be on that. It's a very boring story, but health insurance should be boring. It shouldn't be, you know, a topic of life or death in one of in the wealthiest country in the world. So you would you would think. Mm -hmm. So uh, as a uh, jump in subject, I have to say I I went to uh, the C2E2 Comic Con in Chicago this year. Yeah, you did. When I when I showed up, when I first wanted to contact you because I knew you were in Chicago Mm-hmm. I had no idea you were going to be at C2E2. I was going to invite you to come to like a game night. And <laughs> then I realized going through the show schedule that you were all over C2E2 and that Cards Against Humanity had a huge presence there. Um, I don't even know the extent of it, but they had a big <laughs> booth right inside the the show floor. They ran the entire fourth floor like comedy room. Mm-hmm. You, as far as I can tell, you ran the fourth floor comedy room. Yeah. <laughs> did a spectacular job. Oh, thank you. That was, it It was really fun. So what was, what was the involvement with cards there? Well, in terms of conventions, um, there, there are obviously comic and video game conventions across the country. Uh, and C2E2 is the com- or, uh, Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo. And it's it's like our hometown convention, so we just um, you know like like a lot of game and or uh, publishing companies, we just had a booth um, which was hot dog themed because Chicago, and we also had a uh, typically if you go to these they have panel rooms, but we didn't want to really have panels. We had a few panels. We wanted to create the atmosphere of a theater as much as possible which is really hard when you're essentially in like a hotel conference room um but yeah we just did three days of programming that was either podcasting or musicals or comedy or at least adjacent to that like talking about uh, podcasts or comedy and uh I will say the, the I think the best part of our booth, which I was less involved with, that was uh, my amazing coworker Tom Dyke, our events director. Uh, there there was a rotating hot dog. I don't know if you saw that, like oh, on yes. a pedestal. And yes. I was like, guys, we need to do this because it was it was meant to mirror one of the first shots of the original iPhone at MacWorld, where everybody was like crowding around it, and the iPhone was just like on this black, this big black <laughs> pedestal. And I, yeah, I've peaked. That's the funniest thing I will ever think of. <laughs> now I'm done. What What is card against, Cards Against Humanity's connection to hot dogs? Nothing. Just Chicago. Just, we like hot dogs. It's just a theme this year. Yeah, we just like, we like hot dogs and we like Chicago hot dogs. Yeah. Is that really, is that a source of pride for Chicagoans? Oh, yes, absolutely. That is a strange thing to take pride in. It, no offense. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's not like we can take pride in the bureaucracy or government of Chicago. <laughs> so you just got to latch on to what's there, like, hey, like it pizza works. and I, hot I, dogs. I, I do enjoy <laughs> Chicago. I won't talk to you about pizza, but I do enjoy Chicago style <laughs> hot dogs. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've debated uh, with multiple diehard Chicagoans about pizza and it always ends exactly the same. 
as long as they're willing to accept that I will call it lasagna. <laughs> I have no problem and we're all good. We'll just agree to use different words. I mean, my sort of dirty secret is that uh, it's not so much a secret. It's it's quite a topic on uh, some other shows <laughs> I do is that I'm a super taster. So what that means and, and lots of people who are bipolar actually have that uh, is that I have very sensitive taste buds. So. I'm awesome. If I liked wine, uh, I'd be very awesome at being able to tell exactly what's in it. But it also makes any sort of complex food just not enjoyable at all. So I don't really like Chicago pizza, don't like Chicago hot dogs. I just want plain food on like separate sides of a plate. It's it's I am uh, so glad I don't (laughs) suffer from that. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's actually 21 years of smoking probably helped me uh, curb my super taste buds if I ever had them. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of nice because um, it, it's not hard to please me, really. <laughs> it's like, ah, this piece of b- bread is sourdough and well-made. All right. Here we go. Right. Best day but in the world. You, then you're like people who bring their kids to dinner. They have to cook like a, sec- a side dinner for the kids <laughs> who don't want to eat the curried tofu. <laughs> well, I've found – oh, and this is real crappy, but uh, – a lot of times now at business dinners or, or stuff like that, I, I used to in college, I would fake it because I was like a PA and I'd be like, yep, this is so good. It's yeah, delicious. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, man. This one time I had uh, I really like chicken, but one time I literally had chicken on a stick with like it was like a chicken nugget on a stick with like every sort of spice and ingredient in the world. I'm like, oh, you, it's so like good. Like at a Thai restaurant? It, no, it was in this weird like. It was at like this weird concert hall, and I I don't even know. It, it was one of those private rooms, and food just showed up, and it was uh it was a chicken pop, and there was little, yeah, ugh. But now so, um I can people are like fascinated by it, so I'm like, yeah, just give me the plate the, the plate of white rice, and I'm good to go. And so, what happened when you ate this chicken? Um, later that evening, um, I I. I, I, I did vomit quite a bit. Uh, I was going to ask. Yeah. Nor- yeah. Normally, well, actually, I did ask. Obviously, yeah. But <laughs> put you on the spot there. Normally, though, it's it, it's not necessarily that complex foods make me sick. Uh, I think normal people would have been grossed out by this. <laughs> it was. It was bad. Your description does make me wonder. Uh, As a kid, like eating uh, spinach, for example, I I just couldn't the texture and the taste were Mm -hmm. so offensive to me Mm -hmm. that I would try and then would immediately vomit on the table. Oh, man. Yeah. And then not get dessert because I keep it down. I tried, though. (laughs) What my wife does is really, like, because I... I you know, I can't get scurvy. Um, like we we typically do like really simple like stir fry like without oils just so I can like get the vegetables inside me and get as many vitamins as possible. Um, but yeah, for the longest time, I thought that I was I just accepted, oh, I guess I'm just a jerk and a really picky eater. And in my early 20s, um, I, I was like someone uh, I went to like an ear, nose and throat specialist for an unrelated sinus issue. Um, again, in the long list 
<laughs> what's wrong with Alex? And they're like, wow, your taste buds look real weird, which is a nice thing to hear from a doctor. Um, and then they just put some Super like professional thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't like in my life that when whenever doctors act surprised or fascinated, I'm like, mm, this doesn't feel great. But yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to self-diagnose, just put some blue f- food coloring on your tongue. And if they, like, protrude in a creepy way, you, you might be a super taster. <laughs> hmm. Or if you enjoy eating out at restaurants that serve complex food, you could probably just assume you're not. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so let's – how much time? Yeah, okay. One of the things that you do aside from your day job is podcast, as we've mentioned. Uh, yeah. You have – you have uh, Do by Friday with Merlin Mann. You mm-hmm. have Roboism. And you have a, a new one, Catholic Guilt. Mm-hmm. How did you get so into podcasting? It's so... I was a nerd. And I enjoyed Apple. And I watched a video of Steve Jobs say, Hey, we support uh, on our on our iPods now you can uh, the iTunes store has podcasts and I was like what what the heck is that and then I was I realized oh yeah this is the like audio I've been listening to online and it's all in this one place cool um this is this is when there was like that company Odeo uh by the Twitter guys and and nobody had like really settled on the word podcast but I was like twelve years old and I'm like wait wait wait. I can listen to all of this stuff for free and it sort of blew my mind and I just became an avid listener of um, what I guess like the old school (laughs) podcast people would would consider podcasts like um, This Week in Tech and Revision 3, stuff like that Um, and then slowly got into like radio stuff and uh, like audio documentaries and it never really occurred to me that I should make my own until later. I'm like, I'm just kind of tired of the same basic ass white guys talking all the time. Uh, but what was weird is that I sort of followed uh, Merlin Mann's work from the time I was like, again, like 12 until I uh, worked at Cards and he uh, we we sponsored one of his shows, his other shows, Roderick on the Line, Cards Against Humanity did. Um, and we were putting together this like weird like jingle campaign uh, where we Cards would pay artists to just do little jingles for Roderick on the Line. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I'm emailing with Merlin Mann. I'm emailing with Merlin Mann. And I sort of goaded my boss into Max, who's also my co-host on Dubai Friday, to do a Top Chef recap show with Merlin called Top Scallops. (laughs) And uh, eventually I just started being – I produced the show and I just started being on the show because I kept forgetting names and being like, Alex, what's what's that? What's that? And then they would make make me keep in the parts where uh, I was in it uh, when I was editing – and luckily, that season of Top Chef was probably the worst ever, <laughs> and we got real tired about talking about it. So then um, we, so then Merlin and Max were like, "We should do another show," and it made me want to throw up constantly because I, uh, again, read his blog, Forty Three Folders, religiously. Yeah. I listened back to his other show, Back to Work. 
uh, I can distinctly remember the time I was like lying on the floor, incredibly depressed and was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to go to film school. Um, I actually transferred from like a regular school to an an art school. Um, So it's we don't talk about it that much, but this is a guy who I've followed for over 10 years and now is a part of my weekly like slash daily life. And that sort of led me to become friends with other folks that I really, really admire, like, um, you know, Mike Hurley, Stephen, the, all the Relay guys. And yeah. uh, I was on Mac Power Users. And and I'm, for one of our topics, I actually put, like, growing up with podcasting because it just feels very weird as an adult. They say, like, never meet your heroes. And I've got I, – I, you were, like, my last drop in the bucket uh, <laughs> of like people I wanted to meet and hang out with, and so we you've accomplished to... <laughs> your goals now. Yep, I've, I've again, I've pe- I've peaked. I made a I made a good joke at C two E two. I met Brett Terpsta- <laughs> Terp- Terpstra at C two E two, and now uh, now I'm done. Um, but yeah, and so I um I I actually was sort of a serial podcast starter and then abandoner uh but it was sort of like a secret secret way to make friends uh my other show roboism which is kind of about like uh robots futurism feminism and just whatever my friend savannah and i want to talk about it was because we both really liked the movie ex machina and i wanted to be better friends with her but i didn't know how so it was like hey why don't we talk about this in uh oh hey oh we're gonna talk in the studio why don't we just record it just for fun um <laughs> And so now that show is on Relay FM. Uh, I guess that does that answer your question. I was just a super fan, and I was like, uh, "Man, I really wish there were some more queer people around um, talking about banal things." Like, I, I didn't want to be <laughs> this like big crusader. I just wanted to talk about Apple from a different perspective, and yeah, you know. And so here we are. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I. I do not, I can't necessarily relate. I never, I never got into podcasts. I don't think I'd ever heard more than maybe one or two when I started Systematic. Wow. I didn't know that. And I think I've started from the beginning of Systematic. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, back up, back on five by five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the lost episodes. <laughs> yeah. No, Dan just, Dan asked me to start a podcast and I, I, because I guess he and Merlin had been talking about me on Back to Work enough that oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's like you should do a show, and I'm like okay, so I fi- figured out <laughs> figured out how, and just started not really having any idea what a podcast was, but so Merlin's yeah. kind of been like I a also... real Sherpa in both of our lives because oh, I, I found sure. about NV Alts from from Merlin and then followed your work on Tua and 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I met Merlin through a GitHub repo. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he commented in the issues of one of my early GitHub repos, and that's kind of how we met. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his comment just said, uh, let me think. It just said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he was excited. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> he he's one of the most enthusiastic kindest people and for somebody who talks uh about never giving away you know time and attention or not but being very careful about giving away time and attention he's one of the most like generous people with his time and attention that i he know truly of. is but he does know when to say no he knows when he's he at, does. at max he just has a lot to give mm-hmm. so sure. 
That's uh, I'm going to do a sponsor break here. Uh, we're talking about PDF Pen this week. Do you ever use PDF Pen? I do, especially on iOS. Wow. Okay, then I won't. I won't record this in post. I'm gonna ask you right now. What do you like about PDF Pen? Oh man, I don't know. I of all the, I remember if we're going back to listening to or me listening to podcasts. It was one of the first ads I read before it was just Smile. It was Smile Software, and I went especially when the iPhone came out. I don't know if they were there the first day, but. Um, Definitely as soon as I was working on an iPad, uh, it became a game changer. Oh, so you like the portable versions. Yeah, well, well both. Especially like the portable versions. Yes. As as a youth, you can. it was one of those things where I could only buy uh, software on one platform or the other at that time. And I, it was just appealing to me to use my finger to sign my name. Um, well, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> you probably tried doing it on a trackpad before. Oh yeah, and also but it was much easier to forge well. signatures. Yeah, yeah, it was way easier to forge signatures uh, well, with PDF. <laughs> well, I think the modern era has basically uh, people accept digital signatures to the extent that no one expects your signature to look like anything anymore. Exactly. So you can just put an X, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, obviously they just assume they're bad at writing on touch screens." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here's here's the read. The new PDF Pen 10 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs. PDF Pen 10 adds watermarks, custom headers, custom footers, and a new precision edit tool. With PDF Pen 10, you can move images around without increasing the size of your document. You can magnify library items, and you can use an improved color palette. PDF Pen Pro 10 adds batch OCR support so you can go paperless more easily by making a whole collection of scanned PDFs searchable. And Smile also offers, as we mentioned, PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for creating PDFs when you're on the go. You can learn more about PDF Pen at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Thanks again to Smile. And uh, thanks, Alex, for pitching in on the ad read. Oh, yeah. And and also, I forgot about the search for search within PDF feature, not because I don't use it, but because I've been using it so long. It, <laughs> it's just ingrained in my life. Nice. Yeah, I uh, the OCR is kind of my favorite thing, especially Absolutely. especially on the mobile apps. Mhm. All right. So, that brings us to the top 3 picks. Are you prepared for top 3 picks? Oh boy, am I. I've spent since the time we scheduling this uh basically stressing about it and thinking about it because I'm like, oh, there's no way oh, Merlin took drafts or the the drafts <laughs> app uh Oh, he took the book. Damn it! Oh, what do I do? Um, but he yes, took the I, draft set before it even came out. Yeah, it was the, almost cheating. I, I well, I uh, as as we'll get into, I did cheat a little. <laughs> I also cheated a little <laughs> bit, but yes. Um, and so, am I going first? I don't even. You are absolutely going first. All right. Uh, well, in the Merlin Man fashion, when he stole his pick as for uh, he did the drafts. 5 Beta, which is a wonderful app that is out now. Um, I am going to pick the OmniFocus 3 Beta on iOS. And OmniFocus is a... uh, To to call it a to-do app is such a disservice. It's basically um, the, like, dashboard of my life. It runs everything I do, and if the my database of that got lost uh it would, it would 
take a while um, for my life to get back on track. But with OmniFocus 3 that's coming out, they have this new tagging system that I absolutely adore. Previously, um, it was called contexts, which is right. a term from uh, getting things done. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm just probably people who listen to the show know what that is. And just as sort of like my life and technology and all of that has evolved, um, so has OmniFocus. And this new version is really great. Be- and what I love about Omni, the company, is that they're they while they do have strong opinions about their software just like apple um and strong opinions about their design which i love uh they they also want to make the software work with you not against you so one thing that is probably going to be my favorite feature is there there can be a today tag so that everything that you didn't accomplish the day before will just sort of roll over kind of like it does in things um yeah and a lot of people are very, very against this, but I kind of I kind of like to just have a uh, template of things that are at the top of my to do list, basically that I should probably get to get done today. Um, but then they but they don't necessarily have like a hard hard deadline. Um, and I used to use OmniFocus with a ton of different like perspectives and like sort of workflow type things and now it's just going to be super easy with OmniFocus 3. Um and if you want to learn more about it on their podcast, the Omni Show, they kind of go through a, all the different things that uh are going to be released I think around WWDC time. I'm not sure, but yeah, I love it. That reminds me that I need to contact them because I have not gotten a beta yet and I'm jealous. And How, it's probably been out for months and I forgot to ask. Yeah, and the the pace at which they put out the beta, um, and they continue to say, "Oh, it's so rough, it's so rough." Um, and and also there is uh, no NDA, so they encourage people to talk about this. It's not like a uh, secret, a secret. Um, but it's gotten so much better. Just like every single week, it's more solid, and they keep adding things and polishing things, and I'm just so psyched. It's uh, I, I was joking that like OmniFocus is like my game of the year, where <laughs> it's it's uh, I try not to spend a ton of time into do apps, but there is something sort of soothing. Like every Sunday morning, morning I go and like review everything. That's when I do my there. reviews. Yeah, it's it's just a nice thing. It's kind of like having a cheat meal during the week or something it's like okay this is my time to fiddle with my to-do list and tweak stuff and then it just makes me i don't know it's a nice little vice i guess yeah it's like your heroin cheat day (laughs) (laughs) so you you might be too young to remember kinkless gtd does that sound familiar at all no what is that so before omnifocus existed there was this system, script-based system, that used Omni Outliner as a GTD application. This is where OmniFocus came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I don't think that Kinkless came from Omni. It was, I can't remember who wrote it now. Someone listening is going to remember right away. But it was basically a set of scripts and a template for Omni Outliner that you can see like if you if you were to go back you could see kind of the roots of what became omni focus there and they took that idea and they're like this is a lot of work to do an omni outliner let's make a dedicated app and it 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 grew fast 
I'm and looking at an article. Two, I loved. This is Hello? this is so oh. bonkers. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at an article from Lifehack from 2005, uh, and initially, it, it, it took me a while to click in my head. I'm like, kinkless? Oh, that sounds boring. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, so there's no kinks, like, right. like wrinkles in it. Got it. Okay. I'm on board now. <laughs> yeah. Don't Google kinky GTD. That's a different Nope. Nope. Different I will app. make sure to avoid that. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. I, I am going to dig up my own copy of the beta and try out three. I'm also looking forward to the scripting engine and three. Oh, the automation yeah. should be pretty cool. All right. So my first pick is the Fellow Prismo. It is an attachment for an AeroPress coffee maker that makes, we'll say, espresso-ish. <laughs> It's not technically espresso, but honestly, it tastes like espresso. And I can't stop making it. I may be over-caffeinated uh, today and yesterday. I just got this a couple days ago. Uh, despite, have, you know, I slept well. Maybe I need more caffeine in my life. Um, <laughs> but this thing, it's like, it's a pressure-actuated. And so instead of the usual great cap, have you ever used an AeroPress? Yes. Okay. So instead of the usual like great cap that goes on the top, it's this larger contraption and you put it on and it's pressure actuated so you can do like the right side up brewing method and nothing Ooh. drips through until you push it. And then you have to push pretty hard so you can't actually like do it on like an espresso cup, but do it into your coffee mug and it only takes about a minute to brew, but it takes a ton of grounds, it takes 20 grams of fine ground coffee. Uh, but yeah, the results are spectacular. I love this thing. It's like $25, I think. So it's almost as much as an AeroPress, but worth it. This looks amazing. I, uh, you might not be surprised to know that I absolutely hate the taste of coffee because super taster, <laughs> it's super bitter. But uh, when, uh, in, in fact, right now I'm drinking a uh, calorie-free Monster Energy drink. I look like a gamer in <laughs> in their mom's basement right now. But I have found that sh just doing like a shot of espresso is. Uh, it's like I do a shot with a water chaser <laughs> and that uh, makes me it, – it, it's a nice like even focus and I don't get too jittery. And so I, I might want to try this. This is awesome. Just so you know, if you're at a fine establishment drinking espresso, they serve it with a water back. What? Often wow. sparkling water. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so you're doing it right. Exactly. I'm just being – I'm being a fancy. <laughs> All right. What's your second pick? So my second pick is an iOS is another iOS app actually that came out very recently called Allobud, and it's one of it's um I don't really know how to describe it as just a nice little self care app, and there's a lot of these out there that are like you know reminders to be things that will remind you to drink water or remind you to exercise or read or whatever um another one i really like is streaks but what i like about allobud is it's just designed in a way that is sort of gentle 
like it knows that if you are a person who has downloaded this app, you probably don't want to fiddle with it a ton. You just want like gentle reminders of, hey, did you have water yet? Hey, have you called a friend today? And they actually encourage like if you start to like turn add a bunch of things or um, add too many notifications or like just, you know, you might get stressed out and overwhelmed by this. (laughs) So maybe don't. (laughs) Um, And it, it part of the development was done by my friends over at Lickability. Um, and yeah, it's it's also got this lovely like pixelated art. It doesn't necessarily look like a native iOS app. And I mean that in the best possible way. Like every time I go into it, it, it sort of just like resets my brain. I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't had water for six hours. Maybe I should maybe I should do that. Um, like I, I literally have reminders every day to remind me to eat because otherwise I will be having like a loaf of sourdough bread on my couch at 9 p.m. at night. And that's not great. So this color scheme, there was uh, on my PC junior, there was some game that had this exact same color scheme, this light blue. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was now, but this looks so freakily familiar. (laughs) It does have like, it it does remind me of just sort of like a almost an early 90s, vibe from what i can remember like the the earliest video games yeah. i played yeah, it's, it's just Earthworm like chill. Gym era games. yeah yeah and uh it, it's just like a nice little it, it's it's uh like a little it's a pleasure to use nice i i like it my my i use reminders to make me take my meds uh not that i'm bad at it but if i forget i'm in trouble mm-hmm. so uh somehow it has stopped actively reminding me neither my watch nor my phone nor my computer remind me about evening meds until the next morning i do not know what's happening but it did result in missing a night in the middle of my already sleepless streak Mm -hmm. which not great um so if this does a better job i will absolutely use it for that as well as water and calling friends it absolutely does. And I had the same issue with reminders. Um, so now I have Allobud and reminders and the app do all reminding <laughs> me to take meds at like the certain time because it's real bad if I don't. Yeah. I have the perfect follow up pick for that. And this was actually next on my list. Um, there's an app called Catch Up, not Catch Up, Catch Up, <laughs> C-A-T-C-H. And it is is designed to remind you to keep in touch with people. So you add contacts to it and then you tell it how often you would like to stay in touch with that person. And it just gives you a gentle reminder. Hey, you should email or call, you know, your college friend or your mom or whatever. And uh, it's a free app, no in-app advertising. The guy, uh, the guy who the developer wrote me about it. He's like, so you ask, how will I make money on this? The answer, I won't. <laughs> like, All right. So it's just out there. Um, catch up. Keep in touch. That's for wonderful. iPhone and iPad. Yeah, I have, I have a similar system where, you know, I have a, a reminder set up to call a friend. But I usually end up texting like one, like a good friend of mine who's also a coworker who I'll see, you know, in less than twelve hours. <laughs> so this is this is wonderful. Whew. Well, it's for me. It's great because I, I'm a person. Someone could go five, six years without 
reaching out and then one day reach out. And for me, it just picks right back up. Yeah, I don't I harbor zero resentments for people that don't stay in touch. Therefore, I don't consider it important to stay in touch because, you know, when when the opportunity (laughs) rises, everything will be fine. Turns out not everybody (laughs) operates that way. And some people are hugely offended if they don't hear from you for a year. So this is I can put those people into this app and make sure that I ping them once in a while just to say, how's it going? And if there's someone that I'm scared to do that because they talk too much, then maybe I just let it go. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Just let them be mad at me. (laughs) All right. So that's two for me. Third pick for you. So my final pick is a book called Four Futures, A Life After Capitalism. And this is a book by, oh my goodness, I'm awful, Peter, Peter Fraze, Peter Fraze, I'm not sure, I'm so sorry. Um, But it's this sort of philosophy book that presents a four different futures, obviously, um, and two dystopian, two utopian. And uh, it's like a compare and contrast what will happen if automation, AI, and robots are good or if automation, AI, and robots are bad. And I don't want to spoil it, but it sort of makes a case for both, but it leans into sort of the opposite of what you and Merlin Mann were talking about uh, with you know, AI being just the downfall of humanity, whereas this looks at it in um, the same way that the futurist Ray Kurzweil looks at it in that like, hey, you know, we can we can be transhumanists. We can like make this stuff work for us. We can be cyborgs and we can just have this beautiful utopian society as long as we're conscious of it and we don't mess it up. So it's it was kind of it's kind of like a breath of fresh air while um you know everybody's kind of sort of having this moral panic about AI when it's all still theoretical at this point um even though today at Google IO uh they showed a Google Assistant their version of the uh Amazon friend in a tube that called a person to make a hair appointment and the Google Assistant uses uh, transitions like um uh and it, <laughs> it, it it totally worked it passed the turing test which is the test to see if a human yeah, yeah. can tell if a robot is different than or if a machine is human or not and i was just so delighted and people immediately go into a panic and i'm like everybody calm down like people have been talking about this for decades and decades and is is i don't know it's it's kind of um I feel about it the same way that people say that smartphones are ruining our lives. Like, well, yeah, but people also thought books were ruining our lives. And people are panicking about creating consciousness before we can even get Siri to work correctly. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think the key is whether or not you have enough faith in humanity Mm -hmm. to assume they won't screw it up. Exactly. And... This doesn't touch on um, anything faith-based, but I, I probably a lot of this, um, while I try to be very rational about it, I admit that I am trying to have faith in humanity because I grew up Catholic, and that is just like ingrained in my brain that 
the root of humanity just has to be good. And the things that we create, like, ultimately, they, it will end up good. Uh, so that's definitely the just completely irrational part of me. And the reason I like this book and the guy I mentioned before, Ray Kurzweil stuff, is it just comes from a perspective of science first and then goes into philosophy. And so from that philosophy stuff, it's kind of like I merge that into my faith stuff and try to calm myself down and think, okay, <laughs> maybe the world won't end. Do you uh, do you watch like Black Mirror, Electric Dreams, stuff like that? Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, do you roll your eyes a lot when the plots are consistently about a future where we have screwed up things like gene splicing and artificial intelligence? No, not at all. I love that stuff. Be and, you know, that's what I grew up on, like, um, you know, Snow Crash and, and all that. Sure. Um, even uh, while I hated Ready Player One, the book, the movie was oddly just this. It, it's like an action movie for computer nerds. Like, as long as you walk in knowing what you're getting into, like dystopian futures are fun. Uh, but Black Mirror has also started. Maybe I think Charlie Booker, the one of the or the creator, just started to get real, real sad. So, <laughs> so there are like, um, you know, kind of going into uh, speculative fiction rather yeah. than just straight up dystopian stuff. Uh, one of I have two favorite episodes: San Bernardino, which everyone should check out. If the even if you don't like the idea of uh, Black Mirror because it's completely different. Is that than... the one with the lesbians that yes. meet in the birth? That was my yes. favorite too. And that's it... the one that th made me think yep. maybe I could get my girlfriend to watch this show. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and there's another one um, this season uh, called Hang the DJ, which mm -hmm. is just again, it's not about a dystopian future. And actually, maybe this one people might consider it dystopian. I I don't know. It's exploring people within the speculative technology and that's always yeah. been my favorite type of fiction so and i also do like it when there's like an act it's, there's like a mini action movie and the robots kill everybody like you know <laughs> i um i have this article i've been toying with that um i started writing basically about gargoyles from snow crash Ooh. and how like the gargoyles were that was the way they described the government agents that were you know like all of their computers broken up around their body with goggles and backpacks and leg mounted sensors and um and how we're doing that but we're doing it less uh ugly but that Dude. was the first thing i thought when google glass came out was yeah oh, wow. yeah <laughs> gargoyles i mean i don't want you to have like a manic state but that is something that i would love to read <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it comes out. I, I've got, I wrote like two pages before I realized I didn't have a thesis for it. Like I had mm -hmm. no, I was just writing. I was just uh, opining about my favorite <laughs> cyberpunk novels and, and correlating it to modern technology, but without any real goals. So it's kind of, it's mm -hmm. on hold until I have something to say other than just, just other than just Neil Stevenson and and Bruce Sterling and William Gibson were all amazing. Yeah. H have you heard of solar punk? No. This is the new thing that uh is it's it's basically uh the antithesis of steam am i using that word right it's it's the opposite of yeah. of uh, yeah. uh cyberpunk and you might like 
start to look at it and think that it's steampunk. It's not. It's not at all. It's just sort of um, borrows from utopian futures and like uh, Afrofuturism and like sort of brings everything together to uh, explore worlds that are like solar powered and they're focused around um, like plant technology and stuff like that. It's just this fun because... I, I grew up on dystopian, fun dystopian stuff. So now it's like, oh, this is a really uh, refreshing thing to like look at it. Read it's it's a new a newish genre, but it's kind of fun. Did you ever read the Diamond Age? No, what's that? It was it was the follow up to Snow Crash. Uh, wow, and wrote uh, it was it was I, I guess you would classify it as steampunk, but it was a, it was set in a utopian type of future uh, where books. Books wrote themselves as you read them. Nanobots within the paper. Holy That's the thing heck. I remember best from that book. It was pretty fun. Well, and now I have purchased it from <laughs> from my Amazon friend. All right. Thank you. It's a classic. <laughs> I can't right. believe I didn't know this didn't exist. Wow. All right. Um, so my last pick is it's a website. Uh, it's called Automation Orchard. Have you are you familiar with Rosemary Orchard? No, she is a whiz. Uh, she she on uh, on the Mac Power Users Facebook group. She has a post there that's like uh, just says, "What do you want me to automate? I'm taking requests." And it has for months just grown and grown, and people say, "Hey, I need to be able to do this on my iPad, or I want to connect these two things," and she'll whip out scripts for it like a uh, uh, professional. I can't believe how much she's doing for free there. But uh, she started a site called Automation Orchard that basically gathers, it's a compendium of articles from all over the web on all kinds of automation from like home automation to how to connect drafts to your Dropbox kind of stuff. I am looking at this website and like swooning. I have... Oh my gosh! I the initially what was keeping me on Facebook was the Pac Mac Power Users yeah, uh, group, sure. and then I'm like, I I love all of you, but just oh no! Um, <laughs> and now it's just a thing that I cross post to to make sure that my grandparents and parents know I'm alive. Uh, right. But this is I've I've also never seen an automation site so well designed, and like oh my gosh. You like minimalism, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this site is nothing if not beautifully minimalist. You know that picture of Steve Jobs in an empty room with a lamp and a Macintosh? I would yeah. love that to be my life. <laughs> I agree, yet somehow I never even get close to that. I like too many things around. In my head, I'm like, I would like an empty room and... You know, like just a, a desk and a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And it's this romantic idea of just complete minimalism. But I got to admit, I, I like working in a mess. I like piles of hard drives, <clears throat> hard drives and keyboards and extra input devices, my shuttle on one side and my trackpad on the other. And mm-hmm. I, I like it. I actually sort of have a similar... I, I, I really do like 
working in a completely minimalist space, but uh, that's less possible when you are in a shared office or when you decide to share a, a space with your domestic partner. And then suddenly there are Funko Pops everywhere. But I do, I, I know it's been like a good day when my desk starts off clean and at the end there's chaos, like hard drives everywhere. And, or, or if there, you know, to the analogy, if my desk, if my laptop or my iPad has a million applications open, that usually means that I've had like a really productive day. Um, I'm not so minimalist in like my working, like I, I try to stay focused, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm working on one thing at once. Okay. So your sensibilities are minimalist, but you don't, you don't impede your work in search of minimalism. Yeah, I, I maybe did for like a half hour in high school um, with like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll admit I loved scrolling on Tumblr and looking at those like empty uh, desks, but I'm not yep. going to use a text editor that is, you know, clean and then I'm not, you know, able to see yeah, no, I've, I don't want to say mean things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so. I feel like I'm sub-podcasting <laughs> like a whole group of people. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, let's let's tell people where they can find you. Oh, man. Um, I'm at Alex Cox on Twitter, spelled C-O-X, not the other way. And yeah, that's a different account. Yep, that's a it's <laughs> a whole different story, kind of like uh, GTD kink. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and you can see all of the work that Cards – I retweet all the work Cards do, does there, as well as um, my show Do By Friday and my show uh, Roboism and my show Catholic Guilt, which is uh, – which will probably – be out if you're listening to this and it's about um my my coworker and I who have been best friends since literally the first day of high school because we were in the same homeroom together and uh now we work together and we just kind of unpack all of the burdens of catholicism that were put on us in and how we've like grown up in in that and like how we function as adults and with our faith and all that so nice. we do swear a lot though so I, I found that true of a lot of Catholics. Yep. 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 Nice. All right. So um, roboism.fm. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's all it's all on my Twitter. Roboism.fm is where you can find us. Oh, we're, we're on the Relay uh, Network, which is fabulous. All right. Well, thanks, Alex. This has been really fun. I know you you were a little concerned that that you might not have enough to talk about. Yeah, I feel like I talk too much, and this is, again, like, I've been listening to the show for so, so long, and as I mentioned, like, that that uh, episode of Back to Work where I was lying on the floor when uh, Merlin, yeah. Merlin Mann convinced me to go to art school, like, a few weeks later, I was listening to Merlin Mann on Systematic, like, talking about <laughs> how he keeps his life together, and it, this show has been a huge part of my childhood and now adulthood. Oh, thanks for saying so. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, I hope to talk to you again soon, Alex. Absolutely. And we'll see everybody in a week. I'm going to be promoting MaxDoc 2018 for the next few months. So here's your reminder for this episode. I'll be at MaxDoc this year giving a talk amidst an awesome speaker lineup. If you haven't signed up yet and you can make it to the Chicago area July 21st and 22nd, head to MaxDocConferenceAndExpo.com. If you use the coupon code INDIENERD, you can get $70 off a weekend pass. 
It's a great chance to meet up with your favorite Mac and iOS loving podcasters, bloggers, personalities, as well as fellow Apple lovers. Visit max.conferenceandexpo.com and use the coupon code INDINERD, I-N-D-I-E-N-E-R-D. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Systematic. You can find me at brettterpstra.com and as TT Scoff on every platform, including Facebook, Twitter, GitHub, Last.fm, and probably a bunch you've never heard of. Just search for TTSCOFF. You can also find Systematic on Twitter, so to tweet at me and my guest and for updates and announcements, follow Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T. If you're loving Systematic, don't forget to go leave an inspiring iTunes review. Thanks for listening.